You are listening to the Inspire Her podcast. My name is Farron, and I'm so excited to bring in some inspiration, some amazing guests, and give you the tools you need to live your best life. Let's learn from each other, let's support each other, and let's inspire her. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Inspire Her podcast. I am so excited for today's guest. I'm so excited for you to hear from somebody who, it's crazy. I feel like sometimes just amazing women are just brought to you in your life, you know, and if you surround yourself, you know, with good people or you're constantly putting positivity um, in front of you, like positivity will come to you. And I happen to see this girl and, you know, looking through her posts, like she's gorgeous and, you know, and she's like, the, has the cutest, you know, like everything looks perfect. Everything looks good. And we were, you know, she said, I, I think I could do your podcast. And, um, and she had like the greatest topic. So I can't wait for you to hear from her. So I'm so excited to welcome Dale Sheehan to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Yay, I'm so excited. Okay, so um, I love doing this and I feel like we just jump right into this. So, um, you know, we talked about resiliency and barriers and, you know, tell, like nobody knows anything about you at this moment. So tell us your story. So I am Dale Sheehan. I'm an interior designer and a website designer in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Um, I'm also a full-time wheelchair user. So that is something that when people find out that I'm an interior designer there, they, you know, it's one of those things that they're like, well, how do you, how would you get into my home? I have stairs. So it can be almost a barrier as far as people don't know if they can hire me because they don't know what kind of solutions I've come up with to still work and still follow my dreams and still have the career that I wanted to have. And so I've been in a wheelchair since I was 16 and I, it happened overnight. So I had a doctor propose a surgery that he hadn't thought through with the condition that I had. And basically that was the last day that I ever walked from that point on, I was in a wheelchair and there was a whole bunch of mistakes within the surgery um, that caused extra complications. And then I have a rare form of muscular dystrophy. So there was just, I didn't have the muscle capacity to rebuild or regain that, um, the muscles once I was off my feet for such an extended period of time. So my entire life at the age of 16 basically got flipped. Like I thought I was gearing up to go away to college and do all the things that my friends were doing. And now I didn't even know how to leave the house by myself, not to mention move away from my parents or be independent with these new challenges. So I had a, I had a bit of an up road, uphill battle, um, but I'm definitely one of those people that I always say that I'm so grateful that I was born with a happy heart because I'm always looking for the solution in any problem, no matter what it is. And so I had the right kind of attitude from the beginning to overcome it and still chase all my dreams. I love that. I love that you said, you know, you're born with a happy heart, you know, so you can see the best of everything because, you know, I remember where I was at 16 years old and like, I mean, you know, when, you know, something on my clothes would have, you know, made me like send me in a tailspin, you know? And so like, you know, you kind of forget like all that you have. So for you at 16, like your life completely changing. I mean, what does that look like for, you know, a 16 year old? Well, that was, that's the gift in it. And it is that before that I cared about parties and friends and 
really superficial stuff, you know, the normal 16 year old things, you don't have real life problems necessarily yet. And I always say I was in the business at that point of being popular. That's all that really mattered. You know, I was just going to all the things and doing all the small town Alberta kid stuff. And I got a real perspective change immediately that there are bigger issues out there and that I was capable of overcoming them. And I got a toolkit, not because I wanted to get a toolkit, but I got a toolkit for adult life, but I got it really quickly. So as a result of that, I basically looked at the world different. I looked at friends different. I looked at people different. I looked at, you know, what a gift it was to me on how many people were, how many of my friends were willing to help push me around school because you don't know if your friends will stick with you during those kinds of hard times or when things change or when you become different, you know, and that was something that I didn't, for the first three months, my mom would say, do you want to come to the grocery store with me? And I would say no, because I thought, I don't want anyone to see me like this. Like this is temporary. This is not who I am. I cannot be in a wheelchair forever. I don't need anyone, anyone to even know that this is happening to me. I'll just get past this and then I'll go back to my old life and this will disappear. Like I will be saved from this eventually. And then time went on and time went on and I wasn't getting any stronger and I was doing so much physio and that that's when I had to say, okay, what does my life actually look like? You know, when I had to basically, I picked a program at a college at a small college, like a week before school. Cause I thought I am not being left behind when all my friends go off to college. So I picked somewhere that had a dorm that was right inside the school. I figured out a way to get a power wheelchair because I wasn't strong enough to push myself around the entire campus. And I just thought, I don't care if this is even the right program for me. I got to go. I got to keep moving. And so that's what I did. Um, so what program did you pick? I picked social work, which is very funny. I did one of those like Briggs tests. Like I can't mm-hmm. remember the full name of it. And it's like, you should help people. And the only thing that that test didn't kind of take into account was creativity. So because I went into social work, I had the best time. Like I met some of my lifelong best friends and I loved college and it was so great, but I, it was very sad. And I'm like somebody who leads with happiness Mm -hmm. and it was very, very taxing on your like emotions and it had no creativity to it whatsoever. You were within a program and you had to work that program if you're a social worker. And, and the work that a social worker does is so incredible. Like people that do that job are phenomenal. And I'm like, is it possible that I'm the world's worst social worker? Like, I hate this. You know, like little things like we were, I worked at the Women's Outreach in Red Deer. That's where I did my practicum. And there would be um, a rule that you could only give so many, um, they were like, they were like vouchers for if a, if a mother and her child left their husband really abruptly, um, they would get so much money to spend at this like one store so that they could get new winter clothes or whatever that they needed that they weren't able to bring with them when they fled the house. Mm -hmm. And I would just give out like all the vouchers because I'm like, (laughs) this lady really needs it. And then, and then my supervisor come to me and say like, where's all the vouchers? Like, did we have that many ladies come through? And I'm like, this lady had three kids though and like I felt so sweet so that's where I had no limitation like I had no regulation to be like this isn't the most important person in the world because whoever's in front of me I felt like I have to do everything for them that I could so I didn't make the best social worker but I 
soon turned in, go turned it around and went into something else um, that fit kind of my passion. And I always laugh that my social work career um, did help me like iron out when a husband and wife are having a little bit of a, like one wants one design style and the other wants another design there style. There you I'm like, go. Hey, let's talk about this. You know, <laughs> I love that you weren't successful as a social worker, but because you were successful as a human, you know, like you were a good person. You know what I mean? It's not like it, it was the wrong reasons, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like I felt like I was doing the right thing, but it wasn't yeah. the right thing ultimately because there's <laughs> many people in need and you can't just give away the farm to the first one that comes in. But I didn't have the like, I don't know. I couldn't say no. No, I love that. What a good story. That is so great about you. So I love that you completely took this situation that you were in and like, and then you, so you're, I mean, you're young, you know, a young girl and you realize, okay, I'm going to be in this chair and I need to make something of it. Um, and then you, you just, you know, that's part of the breaking barriers. Like, you know, how did you, how did, I mean, what mindset shift, like what had to happen to you to be like, okay, here we go. Cause it sounds like it kind of came easy to you. It did and it didn't. It was definitely a journey. Like I had a lot of things that I just thought, you know what, this is impossible. And luckily for me, I had some people in my life. Like my parents are amazing. My sister is amazing. I had an aunt who's a business coach and she, she was watching me do design work and just for friends and family for free. And she's like, why do you think you can't do this? You're figuring it out, but you're just not charging. And so I was like, yeah, I guess, you know, I, I'm doing it, but what would people actually pay me? And, you know, you have those negative stories mm -hmm. that you you've told yourself and you've believed, I call them. Yeah. Buts. they're like, I would love to do this. Yeah. But I can't because, and you've got your weird. Yeah. But around, and I had yeah, buts about everything because in the, in the process of getting into the wheelchair and having all the fun at college and carrying on and not really stopping and dealing with the emotion and the loss and the grief and all the things that come with losing your ability to stand up and walk across a room. Um, there is grief attached to that. So I didn't, in those first few years, I didn't tackle that. I wasn't emotionally um, mature enough to do it. I just thought, keep moving. And in the process, I had to sort of peel back all the layers of the onion and keep working on myself and keep getting little successes and trust in my, my ability and trust that there are good people out there and they would put up with an interior designer or a website designer or whatever that I was working on with them that maybe had different challenges and they'd be okay with it. Like they're, it's, it's not a deterrent. Maybe I could give them just as good of service as somebody else, even though some of the work I do is maybe on Zoom or on FaceTime long before Zoom and FaceTime were our normal. Right. right. So, and then I, I also, it, you know, it was definitely an evolution. It was not something that I just immediately was like, oh, this is easy. I can get over it. I'm fine. It was years and years and years of work and mm -hmm breaking things down. And I mean, I, I put on weight in that time because I was not as mobile as I used to be. So I had to learn how from a wheelchair with very little strength, how do you work out? And I barely can, like what I do for a workout is very small yet. I had a weight issue that was affecting my health. Wow. So I had to figure out how do I lose that, you know, 80 pounds? Mm -hmm. How do I, and then, and then I had another challenge where it wasn't just career. It was like, okay, well, I don't want to be alone forever. So what does dating look like as in a wheelchair? Like there's all these layers of things to 
complete your life and make your, make you have like a balanced, happy existence, um, that I wanted to dip my foot into, but I was scared. And so I had to just get up the courage little by little to say, I'm going to try online dating. I'm going to stick to a healthy eating plan. I'm going to control portions, you know, things that were like hard, but scary, but I knew that for my greater good, I had to tackle all these different areas, my career, my health, my personal life. It sounds like you really did the control, the controllable, you know, and did everything that you could. I mean, you know, I feel like a lot of people might just be discouraged and want to give up or, you know, not go for, I mean, you went for interior design, like you said, with the you know, I mean, most people are like, well, I can't do that because I couldn't get upstairs. Like, how am I going to do this? Um, right. But you were like, okay, but I can, and I'm going to figure out how. That's well, huge. The thing is, for me, I have a really clear list of things I'm not in control of. And that's frustrating. Like I, you know, to this day, I'm like, oh, I wish I could just go here, look at this thing. Instead, I have to make arrangements with somebody, get help. You know, it's not the seamless process. Um, but because I know that I cannot stop the progression of my, my muscular dystrophy. And I know my muscles will continuously um, get weaker as I age. Those are things I cannot control and I cannot waste energy on worrying about it. So I literally am like, today's a good day today. I can spring out of bed as fast as I can, which is very slow compared to everybody else, but feels good to me. And I'm grateful for it. And today I'm living my life to the biggest, best possible ability that I have. And so I have a really hard time. Also, if I, if there's a concert, I'm going to it. If there is a friend activity, I'm going to it because I think, well, what happens if the, the one thing I do worry about is like, what happens if the day comes where I can't drive anymore, or I couldn't go, you know, spend an hour with friends or something. So today's the day to live. Like today's the day to live. And then tomorrow, if I'm still in good shape, tomorrow's the day to live. Ooh. So I'm living big every day. I say oh. yes to almost everything. I love that. That's like all the feels. I like you said like a million different little life advice. Like put it all on a pillow because <laughs> you know like today's the day to live, you know, and I I don't think enough of us take advantage of that, you know. And I feel like, you know, especially like the years that we've had and you know, we're you're not promised tomorrow and you don't know what's going to happen. So if you don't take today to live, you know, especially, you know, you, you have, you have a, do you have a daughter? I don't know. I have uh, two nieces and a nephew. Oh, I, love it. Oh. And so I always call them my babies. So everyone yes. that knows through social media is like, oh, she has kids, but I don't have kids. <laughs> but you know, with our little, you know, people that are like little and it's like, if you don't take that time with them, they just grow and you didn't take that day to live with, with them. And we need that reminder. <laughs> Well, and even when I'm talking to them, I always like to say things like, you know, what is your dream? If we could go on an airplane right now, where would you go? Because I want them to think about their life like anything is possible and they could do all the things, you know, and they can change their mind and they can. And it's funny because my niece just turned eight, the oldest one. And I said to her, okay, where would you go? If you could go anywhere in the world, you're going to drive the car and then you're going to go somewhere. And she's like, I'm going to drive to the airport and then I'm going to go to Paris. And I was like, Oh, good for you. Like that's big for a little Canadian kid, you know? Uh, (laughs) Um, So I thought, good. Okay. It's working. We're like, yeah, these little bugs about how to live big and 
dream and big go dream. for it. You may never make it there, but that's okay. It doesn't, if you go, if you grow up thinking, well, I could never go to Paris too far away. It costs too much money. You won't, you it's a guarantee that you won't make it there. Right. Yes. Such good advice. I feel like that's advice for everybody, every woman, every person should, you know, shout out their dreams daily, you know, and just, exactly. you know, and do it because the, like you said, the more you tell yourself that you can, you will. And um, the is listening. So like, if yeah. you believe God or the universe or whatever it is that you believe in, it's lis- like, it's listening to you. So what you ask for is what you get. And I love that. I love yeah. that. Okay. So what advice would you have for someone who believes that they have barriers and, you know, I feel like, you know, you, you know, you had your wheelchair. And so, I mean, I'm right now, imagine there's probably people that are like, you know, I'm, I don't look the part or I'm not pretty enough, or, you know, think that they have these, bar- I'm not smart enough. Like, you know, everybody has these little teeny barriers. Like, what would you advise for you? Would you have for those people? I, my advice is keep an eye on your inner dialogue. So I had, um, I almost started making a list. This was many years ago. And it was like things about that I believed about myself or that I would say to myself when, when a thought would come up of like something that excited me, I would make a list of that, like, yeah, but negative conversation, just so that I had something to, cause the minute you have to write something down, it's like, oh, well that I actually am smart enough to know that that's not true. Like, right. you know, right. let's say your goal is to be the news anchor on the morning TV show, but you're like, I don't have the right look for it. I'm not the right age. I don't, whatever. Um, look at the morning TV shows. There is a really wide variety of people that deliver us the news. Like there is in the city that I live in, that there's like 1.6 million people. We have three TV stations and there is a woman in her fifties. There is, you know, a few people that are younger in the typical like kind of stylish, whatever, but there's a very, very wide range of people that deliver the news. Cause, and then there's the man that you're waiting for at six o'clock. That's your typical like news anchor man. But why can't there be you next? Like you haven't come along yet. So that's why you're not represented maybe. And I always say to change your perspective because, and I know that that's easier said than done, but I, an example I use of this is that when I approach a door, I, someone usually rushes out to help me open it because they can see that I'm going to struggle or I am already struggling. And there's two ways to look at that. And so for me, the first way would be in the like poor me sort of way where I'm like, oh, I need help with everything and I'm not independent and I'm a burden and I can't do anything myself. And I'm, you know, this is just the worst life or, and feel like people are pitying me because they have to help me. But the truth of it is, is the way that I chose to look at it is I, I chose to look at it is that people feel good about themselves when they help somebody. I feel good about myself when I help someone else do something that they need help with. So why not take that, that act of kindness as a helpful piece that made my day better. I needed that help really badly and I'm very grateful for it. And it made their day better because they're like, oh, I did something nice today, move on. And maybe made them smile, maybe. And I'm always very thankful for it. And the truth is I need the help. So I have, I had to reprogram to be okay with asking for it or just accepting it when it was given to me. But like at the beginning, it felt terrible to need help. Nobody wants to have to ask to get 
the mayonnaise jar opened and then to reach the grocery item out of the fridge and then to open the door and you know like you you want to do everything yourself but as humans we're not programmed or created to be alone so mm-hmm. ask for the help that you need whatever that looks like for you and stop always finding the bad in it and start finding the good in it I love all of that. I mean, if everybody lived their life like that, like always looking for the good in every situation, um, I mean, your life would be totally different. You know, our family, um, we do, we, we practice gratitude a lot. And um, we, every night at dinner, we talk about something that we're grateful for. And mm-hmm. so our family will, you know, if they say something like you know, that is a little like, eh, oh, I didn't really enjoy this. We're like, well, how can we make that into a positive? You know, and it's like- exactly. And it, and I'm trying to train these little minds to like, you know, oh, it was cold out, but you know, like you have to wear your new jacket or, you know, something silly, you know, but, um, I love the way you think. Thank you. Well, and I feel like this happened with my niece recently. Um, two little girls from her class were not, did not show up to her birthday party. Meanwhile, eight other little girls or six other little girls did show up. And she said to her mom after that wasn't very nice. And her mom said, oh, you that you don't know what happened. They might have had something happen in their day that it didn't work out. But remember, you had six little girls that showed up and you had the best day ever. And those little girls that didn't get to come didn't do it because they weren't being nice. They did. And they are the ones that missed out on the party. Right. So don't be mad at them. Something came up that's out of their control. And so she was like, oh, OK, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's even in those moments that mm-hmm. we it's our natural reaction to frame ourselves as almost the victim of people. And at six years old, she's not the victim of anybody. That's not, she has a really good little life. So those are the kinds of things that I feel like stopping that thinking as quickly and early as possible does get people to start thinking like, I wonder what happened to that family, why they weren't able to make it today. You know, I hope everything's okay. Or, you know, maybe not go to school and be like, you missed the best party. You should have yeah. came, you know, right, right, hurt right. that person's feelings, like just having compassion for each other and for the world and our days and finding the good is such a gratitude is such a like programmable, um, skill, you know, no different than eating healthy or getting into a workout routine. We can program our minds to default to happiness and kindness and compassion and gratitude. I love that. What a great quote. You're so awesome. I love this. Um, Okay. So obviously, you know, you have found success, like Hmm. this is, you know, your mindset, um, taking something really hard in your life, turning it around. um, Just, you know, give us a little bit of your, like, let's toot your own horn. Like you have you have found success. And so you're an interior designer. Um, you're you, a website designer. Like I, I like, you were like, I love to travel. I love this. I love that. Like light. I think you put life lover. And I was like, I love this girl. So just to your own horn, tell us about like, what does that look like for you? How is your success right now? So for me, I am extremely grateful to have had a career that has connected me with incredible people, um, some fun awards and some things that are like accolades that if, you know, they're great to get. And I'm grateful every time something like that comes along. And I love all of that. Um, But I'm also just grateful to do work I love every day. And I think that shows through and it's why I've 
been recognized for some of the things that I have been recognized for. Um, I also have a really, really good balance of working as well as donating my time and my resources to the things that I care about, like I said, on a board for um, CP Kids and Families, which is the Cerebral Palsy Association. Um, not because I have cerebral palsy, I just like their what they do and what they stand for and what they do in our community. And so I think that there's an equal importance to finding a little bit of time, even if it's time or money or whatever it is that you're capable of giving, but having balance of business success, but also making room in your life for helping others, because I think the more you help people, the better off your life is. Um, and the more you, the more success you have, like there can be like a negative connotation to being a successful person. And I really just don't subscribe to that at all. And the reason why is because the more successful I am personally, the more I can give of myself either financially or my time, you know, I run my own schedule so I can say, okay, I'm going to go volunteer at this activity, or I'm going to be on, sit on a board, you know, I'm not tied down. And that to me is a, the markings of successful life. You know, it's nice to make money and believe me, I love it because it gets me on the airplane to somewhere warmer. And like I said, I'm from Canada, so I need warm weather here and there. Like I'm yeah. crazy. So I have to, but, and that brings me all the joy, but it also allows me to take a half day off and go volunteer at a golf tournament or to take part in things that matter to me around my city. And so I really, really just feel so grateful that I'm in a position to do the career I love and the other things that fill up my cup. Right. I love that. You know, um, it, it, I've been, you know, in business and doing things and I didn't realize until this year, um, you know, I would always say like, you know, income, I was so excited about income. And then I, I realized this year that what I love more was, uh, time freedom was like, just like you said, you know, like the ability you know, income is great, but the ability to do what I want, you know, and, and volunteer and give and, you know, and be able to travel and stuff and have that time freedom. And like, that was more valuable than any amount of income, you know, and, and my family and I, we volunteer and we do things. And it's like, I want that to do it when I want, you know, well, and for selfish reasons, like I, there's days that on a Friday, I want to go for lunch with my girlfriend yeah. instead of working, you know, but that's okay. Cause on Sunday I might grab my laptop and spend the morning doing my catch up or whatever right. or not. And that's time freedom, right? Yeah. Is that there's a little bit of um, balance in your days where you're not from nine to five, you are required to be sitting at a desk doing your tasks, whether they're, you have lots of them or none of them, you know? And that's something that somebody with um, physical challenges, I don't know how I would do at a conventional job because it's physically exhausting to get up and get to work every day and, you know, like commute to, we have a very, like a downtown sort of city. So I would need to be right downtown in a busy corporate environment if that's the direction I had gone. And that would be very challenging on my body. And this way, you know, if I'm having like a physically tired day, all I have to do is come out to my computer, open it and start working, you know, and maybe I'm just quietly working on websites that day or a design board for somebody. But, and then there's other days where I'm in stores shopping for furniture and I'm on the go and doing everything, but just the ability to do it from wherever I am 
is such a luxury for me specifically, but I feel like for anybody. Yes. Yeah. I love this. I, I completely am in love how you have taken your every situation that has ever come and turned it into a positive and then living a successful time, freedom, volunteer all around life. I mean, I, I truly believe it's incredible. You're incredible. Thank you. Um, okay. So tell us where can people find you? So they want to follow you. How can they find you? Um, I am on Instagram at, at Dale underscore Sheehan underscore designs. Awesome. Okay. So Dale, I can't thank you enough for being on this podcast and sharing your story. And I know that it's going to inspire other people. Um, you know, and I hope that everyone go and follow her, uh, follow her story, you know, give her some love. Like you, you are adorable. Like you are gorgeous, you know, like, so it is like fun. Like you said about interior design because your Instagram looks very pretty, you know, like looks very pretty. Everything looks really nice. And it's like, even your house right now, nobody else can see this, but like her home looks like I want to, I'm changing everything. I'm changing everything. <laughs> <in> my <laughs> it, it looks really great. So Dale, thank you so much for giving your time and being on this podcast. I know that you're going to inspire so many people and we really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. All right, Dale, have a great day. Too. Thank you so much for listening to the Inspire Her podcast. Make sure you share it with your friends. Tag me on Instagram, Insta Stories, or Facebook, and let's inspire her together.